Countout provides a wide variety of bonus content that is right at your fingertips. On the Countout Patreon, our podcasts are creating bonus content exclusively for you, their listener. For only $5 a month, you can watch instant reactions to major shows, watch-alongs, early access to main feed podcasts, some fun goof and gag audio, plus shows from some of the podcasters' outside interests. It's the best way to experience all that the Countout Network has to offer. So head on down to patreon.com slash countout to take part in some of the best and most fun content wrestling has to offer. Again, that is patreon.com slash countout. You're listening to a Countout Podcast. Hey guys, this is Lauren with Your Dose of Death Podcast. Um, this is going to be kind of a, um initial reactions to everything that happened to us weekend while it's fresh in the brain. Um, first and foremost, thank you to each and every single one of you who um, literally talked to me, took a photo with me, just said hi to me. Um, you made this past weekend entirely better. Um, I didn't think I was going to record this at all, but I just kind of got the inspiration to record this tonight um of all things hopefully this goes out um soon maybe what I'll, this might be is a patreon exclusive at first um and then release maybe a few days later so um for those of you listening to the patreon congrats for those of you just listening in general um that's fine as well so um just want to kind of let you guys in on my travel diary of sorts um I, I first flew in from Philly, or flew into Philly, I should say, apologies, um, about 8 or 7 or so in the morning. I was kind of the first flight out of O'Hare. Um, flew in, smoothest flight I've had in a long, long time. Um, it's nice in the summertime when that happens. Um, got in around 9-ish or so, Eastern and um, made the nice little trip to um, Delisandro's, best Philly cheesesteaks I know of. I know that may be disputed, but Delisandro's is my choice. Then it made the nice little hour, 15-minute drive to Atlantic City um, and was able to meet up with some friends. Um, shout out to everyone I met up with again. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for making this weekend. Um, I was originally supposed to be on this trip with my good friend, um, but he had family emergencies. So, unfortunately, he couldn't make it. Um, that being said, though, I had to make the best of a situation and um, still go. This is my third TOS in a row. This is the first time I'm really documenting my travel stories and just my thoughts and reactions. Um, I got to experience Wet Willies for the first time in Lake City. Um, I got to experience um, dinners at Landshark. I just kind of was out and about. Um, I did go into the newly uh, renovated carousel room. It's, it still doesn't hit me that um they changed it um paid my respects as i said on the tos round table um it just it doesn't hit right that um this used to be a wrestling venue and now it's just this family attraction which you know what kudos to them for making that decision that's their decision 
Um, I will say, though, from my first impressions of the Terminal, the first three shows, um, it was really cool. It's a cool venue. I think the only real knock I have against it is acoustic-wise. A lot of the microphone work, a lot of it sounded very muffled. Um, but I think that's something they can work on. It probably, I did hear that it sounded a lot better on editing, so they definitely are combating the kind of the air duct of it. So, um, but that being said, TOS happens Saturday after, um, afternoon slash evening. Um, this was better than last year's tournament. I, I will say though, again, I'm not the biggest fan of triple threat death matches. And for those of you that have known me for as long as you have, um, you would know this, but, um, I'll say this about the show. Um, there were some death, there were some, some match of the year candidates throughout the weekend. Um, Joey Janela is the heart and soul of GCW and he really stepped up to the occasion. Um, this, this was a real, real huge test for him. I mean, coming back to deathmatch wrestling, really, he's only done about maybe 10, 11 deathmatches in his career, if not more. Um, and he did two this weekend. Of course, the first round exit against Toru Sugiera and Tomoyo Harada and Al Desperado the next day um, really had two great matches. Um, but, of course, though, um, the other matches, I mean, we had Shrema, Aldo Sparato, Johnny Murdoch in the first round. Really good stuff. That, um, I was right in front of that barbed wire contraption, and, um, when I realized Shrema was gonna go through it, I mean, man, that, uh, that was terrifying. And, um, shout out to Shrema for being the consummate pro. He didn't want to take away from the match trying to get out of that. So he kind of stayed on that barbed wire till the match was over and he, he got out. Um, it's just another day in the life of Matt Tremont. Um, John Wayne Murdoch proving once again, he's really become the GCW deathmatch ace. He has stepped up to the occasion for GCW since returning back at NGI six. Um, he has, Won the ultraviolet belt. He has won NGI seven. He has really done it all for this company. Um, and um, as you probably saw, if you've watched TOS, I mean, he made it to the finals, and I mean, he has been a consummate um, professional for GCW, and it's been really awesome to see. And um, of course, you many of you know him as a former guest on this podcast. Um, We'll definitely be trying to have him on again, kind of to play some catch up. It's been a while. Um, the other first round match um, that really surprised me, it was kind of a mixed bag. It definitely was a mixed bag of triple threats. Uh, the woman's tree, the th- triple threat was Casey Kirk, Sawyer Rack, and Rina Yamashita. Um, Rina Yamashita, they're. I don't know what else there is to say about Rina, Rina Yamashita that has not been said in the deathmatch circles about her. Um, she kind of had to carry this match. It, timing was a little bit off. Um, I'm not sure why. It just kind of was. Um, Casey made the most of it. I will say this with Casey. The one thing she has that I don't think many wrestlers have, or deathmatch wrestlers for that matter, is she is very likable to the crowd. It, it is very hard not to like her. Um, I know in NHB, 
she was a heel first, and of course the valet, but she has really grown into this one of the most compelling baby faces in all of deathmatch wrestling. It's been an absolute remarkable sight to see. Of course, in the GCW realm. Um, remember, indie wrestling, there is no continuity. So in NHB, it's a different story, but in GCW, she has become this really compelling baby face, and I, I hope to see more of her in GCW in the future. I hope that she gets more chances. Um, Sawyer Wreck, though, has been on an absolute tear this year. She's She was able to go to Tokyo Joshi Pro and do a light tube deathmatch. She is going back to Tokyo Joshi Pro. She is going to G with GCW to Japan. She is doing really everything she is she could possibly imagine from her. I, I mean, I've known her since No Peace Underground, since she was really kind of the real enigma of that promotion. And seeing her do what she's been able to do since joining GCW and since being put on this national spotlight has been nothing short of just special. But she has truly been one of the best in the deathmatch division. And, I mean, she's one of the most over in the crowd. I mean, she was over in Chicago. She was over in Atlantic City. She's over in Florida. It really, uh, I mean, there is there's not much else you can say about Sawyer Rack that hasn't been said as well. I mean, all three women deserve their spot. I mean, Casey had a great match with Rena. Her, her deathmatch debut for GCW back in March. Sawyer has really been a cornerstone of that division, and Rena being the UV champ and still the ultraviolet champion. Um, she has truly been the bell cow, and she has deserved the title reign she's been given. I mean, her meteoric rise in America should be no surprise to anyone who has followed American Deathmatch. Um, the other triple threat that was good, I mean, it, I know it kind of was funky because of the untimely re-injuring of that shoulder to Miedo was the Miedo Extremo, Cyclope, and Green Phantom match. Green Phantom, if you never saw him before, and this was your first impression, you got a hell of a first impression. The IWS legend, of course, many of you know our interview with Crazy Manny, know about Green Phantom, but of course, to, to a whole new audience, he was kind of the real, un, the one of the two real unknowns, of course, aside from El Desperado, but I think a lot of people... We're really impressed with El Desperado going in, going out of TOS weekend. But Green Phantom, huge, huge specimen, and incredibly agile. I mean, he he kind of like he. I love how he kind of does like the the Hulk Hogan pose, but um, or just like kind of like the the Muscle Man pose in a way. And but he like that drop kick with the skateboard with the tubes. Which shout Jimmy Deacon for getting that sign. That's really cool. They were able to get a ton of signatures from it. Um, that was so cool. Ciclope is another guy who has become a cornerstone. I mean, both Miedo and Ciclope have been really dependable. I mean, this was kind of their one year anniversary. Or one yeah, one year slash one show or one year yeah, one year anniversary since they've returned to the United States consistently now. And um, they have been remarkable in the sense that they've not lost a single step. I know Miedo has been dealing with that shoulder since October of last year, but he is a trooper. Um, that It sucks that the, I think he re-injured the shoulder, but he will come back stronger than ever. Miedo is an absolute professional. Ciclope, just proving again, I mean, he was... He was one semifinal away from being back in the TOS finals and potentially going for 
for a two-time TOS winner. Um, he has been excellent for GCW, but as well as Miedo. Um, it just was really good to see both of them do well here. But I mean, of course, I mean, Green Phantom looked great. He he really did, and I mean. For those of you that are cur- more curious on him, I mean, he's an IWS legend. Those IWS shows have been around for years. A deathmatch legend. Uh, and also a connoisseur of good beer. I respect a man like Green Phantom. So, um, shout out to Phantom and to Cyclope and Miedo. Um, great triple threat. Um, but going back to the Janela Desperado and... Janela uh, Harada and Torso Gear. Apologies. Um, this was a match where Tomoyo Hirata was making his first ever American deathmatch debut. Um, a lot of us hardcore slash avid fans, um, we went into this show knowing that Hirata is going to have a big spotlight on him. But to a lot of the regular GCW fans that maybe don't watch deathmatch as much, Tomoyo Hirata was a complete unknown. Toru kind of has this new secret fan base in America that absolutely adores him. And I really wish Toru would have like a one month US tour. He'd be so over everywhere he goes. He he sells really well. He is an absolute agile behemoth. He really understands how to work death matches. And this is a guy who a few years back when he was just making his ascent into freedoms, he wasn't sure about death matches from what I had heard, but he want he needed he kind of needed to do it to become like the golden boy of freedoms, and he has. I mean, he's won the King of Freedoms belt, he has won the tag team belts, he's kind of done it all for him from his end and freedoms. But um he continues to impress. And him and Harada, that tag match I'll get to a little bit later with Los Macizos was absolutely off the wall. Great stuff, great stuff in that tag match. Um, but Janela, as I said, was the is the heart and soul of this GCW. He recently released by AEW, um, just kind of venturing the Indies. As from what I, I've seen and heard from other people who like his work and respect it, he's done everything. He he works all these great matches. Um, and then in Japan last year, he dabbled back in the deathmatch arts with Sakuda. And he really stepped up to the plate. I mean, Joey Janela is really one of the Swiss army knives of the independents. He doesn't need to do deathmatches to get over anymore. His name alone rings bells in the indie wrestling landscape. But when he does deathmatches, it's truly something special. I mean, mind you, this is a guy who literally... Got to in, got to induct a man who literally helped him get on the map in John Zandig, and um, he got to wrestle two death matches in front of John Zandig during the weekend. Um, so really cool to see that kind of come full circle for Janela. Um, but Tomoyo Harada, man, humongous specimen, absolutely those pecs. He is a humongous specimen. He really, he puts everything out there. And I mean, this, like, mind you, he's doing this in a, like a one, a speedo. Um, he really stepped up to the plate this year. And I, I hope we get more Tomoyo Harada in the future. I really do because hopefully NGI maybe, um, 
early NGI entrant. We'll see. But um, all three of those guys stepped up. And then the other MVP I had for the weekend was Al Desperado. Um, Al Desperado really was a guy who, I mean, Mr. Dependable. I think this was a huge get for Brett Lauderdale and GCW to bring him in. I mean, if you didn't see that Kasai match, the one at Takamichi Noku's show, go watch it. Five-star classic in the deathmatch world. I know Dave Meltzer reviewed it and didn't like it, but Meltzer's subjectivity to deathmatch wrestling is a different arc than what someone like myself or others would review it as. Um, It just, he really stepped up. I mean, he bled out. He brought out two different masks. They they love the mask scripting. He really dove headfirst into deathmatches and, this weekend was his second and third ever real death match. And I know Moxley, maybe four, you can count that, in New Japan. And he called out, as I'll get to later, he called John Moxley. Um, him and Moxley in a hardcore death match environment again would be really, really cool. And I think Desperado, as I kind of put it out on social media, Kasai's little protege grew some wings this weekend. I think that's really the best way to describe the ascending rise of one El Desperado and a very nice man. Thank you to Despy for that photo after COS. So, um, yeah, the finals of TOS were really good with Murdoch and Rena. Of course, Rena beating, um, Taurus Sugira in her semifinal, real good stuff from the two of them. Um, Rene and Masha, it's just, it's her world and we're just living in it. And of course, Murdoch beats Ciclope, um, one of the nastiest bumps you'll ever see was Ciclope taking that giant pane of glass head first from a knee strike from Murdoch. That was some nasty stuff. Murdoch has improved absolutely vastly. I mean, as I said before, he was a winner of NGI. He has won the UV belt. He, is, he was in the first ever cage of survival. He He's kind of done it all with GCW and really... The career renaissance of John Wayne Murdoch has been remarkable to see. I mean, he's been doing it for a long time. This this isn't like this is a new wrestler. He's been doing it for a while, and he's really revived his career. I mean, I remember, I believe, one, two years ago, he was he had done the most death matches probably in a calendar year that anyone ever seen in recorded history. The, it just it goes to show when you keep at it, good things will come to you. And Murdoch, he may have come up short, but he really showed out. I mean, the finals with Rena and Murdoch, I, I dare you to find a louder pop for as big of a tube barrage as Murdoch and Rena had. Like Murdoch using 16 consecutive light tubes to pop Rena as she's on her knees. And literally, the crowd is unglued. They built that up perfectly. The psychology, this the, you could feel the crowd getting this huge tension. And as Rena's standing up, just the crowd is behind her 110%. So, then, um, with the way everything went, um, I was, it was really cool seeing Harada and Tora come out with her, and then they beat her up. And I was just wondering, um, I'm like, who's going to come out? 
And I didn't want to say anything on social media to ruin it. I think a lot of us that really want to keep this surprise a real surprise. Excellent job to everyone on social media. This could have been so leaked. This could have been so spread out. This really could have gone sideways. But to have June Kasai, one of the all-time greatest deathmatch wrestlers in the world, literally fly in for literally two days. Go on the Atlantic City Boardwalk and pray to God that no one recognizes him. Stand backstage at TOS and make a run-in to a sold-out Atlantic City crowd, the biggest crowd in TOS history, and to do a iconic his iconic Pearl Harbor splash in front of, th- in front of a thousand plus people. That is remarkable. That is legendary. And mind you, I'm just saying it, he made a hell of a a bank at the merch table as meet and greet. So happy to see Kasai make do with literally a run-in. He didn't even get booked. He did a run-in to set up the G7 Japan shows. And I mean, again, when you see Gage and Kasai in the same vicinity... You just think to yourself, when are these two going to face off? When When is that going to happen? We don't know. Um, but all we know is June Kasai is literally, was literally in the United States for two days. And probably the most legendary run-in you'll ever see in the Indies. It just, to those of us in the deathmatch circles, it, it meant the world. Me and Mike were literally crying when we realized we had just filmed June Kasai for the very first time in our lives. Um, we ne- I shed tears. I didn't really think this was possible. But Kasai, thank you from the bottom of my heart for making this boy, this man's absolute weekend just that much better. I mean, the crowd was unglued when Kasai came out. Um, so that was TOS. Um, of course, the Deathmatch Hall of Fame. If you saw me on my little blazer, um, got to had the pleasure of sitting with Casey Kirk and um, John Wayne Murdoch, and of course, shout out to Middens and to uh, my our Kings Row correspondent and former guest of the show, Marty Schaub. Um, really was fun. Um, I I cannot tell you how much it means to me to see Brain Damage be inducted by none other than a former guest of this podcast and Toby Klein. Toby was incredible to me and Mike back when we interviewed him. And Mike set that all up. He surprised me. He made that all happen. Um, was really special. But uh, Brain Damage was one of my all-time favorites. When I was doing my history research on Deathmatch Wrestling, Brain Damage was one of the first guys that I was so enamored with. Just the the look, the menacing look of Brain Damage. And the stories I heard, and Toby really encapsulated what brain damage meant to deathmatch wrestling. Um, and rest in peace. I mean, it's it's sad that he's gone. He would have loved this era of deathmatch wrestling. He would have. Um, but congratulations, brain damage. Congratulations, piss shug Mike. Rest in peace. Um, I I my own story with piss shug Mike. I didn't have many. But um, 
the one I did was Mike was actually setting up where Fish Doug was going to buy front rows for me for Insane 8. And I was going to be near him for a show. But in for, but due to a miscommunication, it didn't happen. And he had already had front rows. Um, but watching Wednesday shows, I, I didn't get it at first. I'll be honest. I wasn't the biggest fan. And I, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna be flat out honest with you guys. I just it it's at times it took away from the show, but as time passed and as I as of course his untimely death kind of made me reflect, um, he was celebrating deathmatch wrestling. He was really just wanting the best experience that any of his fans could ask for. And you know what? Those over here chants, those drink the piss chants, the the every chant he had It'll stay with me forever. Um, and I know his friends miss him absolutely dearly. Um, he was a, an icon of Deathmatch Wrestling fandom. Um, and it just, he would travel the country, he traveled more than I did to shows. And um, I, I just, I'm really happy Jonah Log got to be the one to induct him as well. Um, really was awesome. To have him there and, um, or to have Mike's parent, uh, his mother and sister came out. And, um, it was really awesome the treatment they got. I know they were treated very well from what I heard. So I really appreciate Brett and GCW for making sure Mike's memory will live on forever. So thank you, Brett and GCW, and rest in peace, Pissmuck Mike. We miss you every freaking day. Um, also shout out Low Life Louie. Congratulations to the East Coast Deathmatch legend, Low Life Louie Ramos. Um, former H2O champion, um, has been around the block, literally wars with Homicide, wars with John Wayne Murdoch, wars with a lot of guys. Um, and also, uh, he still keeps chugging along, but it's really cool to see Louie do his thing. Um, also make, like, one of the few guys that makes, um... Nelly look cool for an entrance thing. I'm just going to say that. So, um, and I saw a lot of the H2O students were there. So, shout out to Anthrax, who I got to talk to. Um, shout out to Alex Stretch, Lady Blakely. Um, Leroy Robinson was there. Um, I didn't get the chance to talk to him, but all those H2O students were there. Also, Jess Moss and Declan Grant. Both of them are fantastic people. Um, all those H2O students there was there who were there for Matt. But we're also there for Louie. Really cool. Also, shout out Louie Jr. I know he's getting into the, cutting his teeth in the business. Really awesome to see. I love the, the H2O Center and love the students and love. I owe a, a great deal to Matt Tremont. Um, if you didn't know, literally Matt and Chrissy let me, Neil, and Clint stay the night when we came back from NHB Boston. And they could have not done that. Um, but they did. They lent their home to us, and I am so forever grateful to Matt and Chrissy for the hospitality. I, I owe them a great deal. I respect Matt. I respect the Tremonts. I respect the students. Um, they, they're all just good people. If you've, if you've not gotten the chance to talk to the HBO students or even just watch a show, please, please do. Um, they, they mean the world to me as... They're the most homegrown, independent wrestling promotion you can think of. They really have their own venue. They really sell their own concessions. They really they do it all 
from a standpoint that is kind of unparalleled that you see in the interesting landscape. They don't travel much, if any, where for shows. They really do it all themselves. So Matt, Chrissy, Tremont, Chrissy Tremont to the students to Louie to all, I mean they're all great genuine people. So thank you to Tremont. But shout out Louie, congratulations! So happy he's getting his flowers here. And of course, last but not least, I'm gonna get to the one, the only John Zandig. Um, Zandig, where do I begin? I mean, it took three people to induct him. Of course, Brett Lauderdale is a John Zandig guy. Had to say his piece. And of course, I was very happy about that. And of course, Joey Janela literally gave him one of the most iconic moments of his career with the Zandig bomb, literally just fresh off of retirement. And then of course, Nick Gage said his piece about Zandig. Literally, Gage has known Zandig longer than many of us have been alive. Um, so it's really cool to see um, that come from, But Zandig's speech was a hoot, let me tell you. Um... From all just talking about CZW to really just running the roads, doing his own thing, um, coming back out of retirement to do TOS, the very first few. Um, and then, of course, it turned into the 30-minute Q&A session that I don't think was necessary, but it happened. And you know what? It was pretty unique because it, things kind of went off the rails a little bit. I'll just say it like that. Um, to the to the certain shoot parts of it, calling out other wrestling characters. I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to really get myself in trouble for what was exactly said. Um, you can go watch it on the on the Hall of Fame and ceremony because um that was really something. But it went thirty minutes, and I was it it was just something else. Um, John Zandig is a character. He always has been a character. Of course, from the UVU potential working with him to really working everywhere to in the East to be this icon, to being in Japan, to doing all this stuff. Zandig really did it all. And um it was really it is really cool to me that Brett was able to give him this moment in time. And I mean who knows if we'll ever see Zandig in GCW again? Who knows if he'll be around? We'll have to kind of wait and see on that one. But all I do know is, is congratulations, Zandig. Um, I got to take a photo with him and um, in all his Zandig glory. Um, shout out to his kids working the merch table. Um it was it was definitely an experience I'll never forget. That's for sure. I mean, John Zandig, large. He is still is truly larger than life. I can't express that enough than I already have. So that was that. I did kind of go JCW a little bit. I kind of just was like tired and ended up um, just kind of hanging out with some people and enjoying that Saturday night that went to Sunday morning. I, I still don't know why I only got like six hours of sleep in Sunday morning. Um, and then, of course, COS happened. And um, there wasn't as many death matches. Of course, there was the tag team death match, the Desperado, and Janelle, and then the Cajun Survival. Um, I will say Brandon Kirk and Casey Kirk, they're a great tag team. They, they're they a likable couple. Um really doesn't there aren't many people like that in the deathmatch wrestling genre genre so it's unique in its own way 
um, the tag team match with Harada, Toru, Soul Eater, I believe is their tag name, versus Los Mesizos, one of the best tag matches I've seen. Um, and Miedo was still, you could tell he was still hurt with that shoulder, but um, Mesizos as a tag team, they're just, they're so much fun. Um, you could tell me they were kind of limited, of course, with the injury, but very much so, Tor and Harada really carried that match at times. Um, they just, they're a great tag team. They're stiff, they're strong, they're agile. They, they really hit all corners. Um, and they just, they, they will hit you. They, they, I would hate to take a chop from one of those two boys in Toru and Harada. But, um, Macizos gets the win, a real good win for Macizos. I mean, the COS is the one year anniversary of their return to American Deathmatch Wrestling. And it's, it's really been a full circle. I mean, they won the tag bouts. They're always in contention. Um, it's really cool to see them do well. So, um, it, congrats to Macizos on the win, but also Toru and Harada. I mean, I think both will be back in the GCW ring soon. I hope within the, the next year for sure. Um, but of course, I want to get to the Cage of Survival match. Rini Yamashita, Masha Slamovich. Wow. Um, Masha's done death matches before. She's had them with Sawyer Wreck and other promotions. And in GCW, she has, she's really, I, I know people kind of ragged her for her run as champ. And maybe the transitional champ term will be used with her when we look back at this run. But you can't forget that a lot of people really doubted her when facing Gage. A lot of people said that she wasn't going to win, that she wasn't, but she came out and stood toe-to-toe with Nick and beat him. And I think that will put her near the top of the card for the rest of her days when she's CW. And um, I will say she rose to the occasion here. This could have been a match that could have gone a lot less violent than last year's COS. To me, this COS wasn't as violent, per se, it was still a spectacle. Don't get me wrong, but it was a lot more calculated, a lot more. They, the Rena and Masha really thought out how this match was going to go, and it really showed. I mean, I was on the side of the barbed wire panel. That was really cool. That was so cool. It just shout out to Big Vin, shout out to Matt Peruso, shout out to that entire crew working that weekend, because. The planning to go into that cage. Everything could have gone wrong, but everything went right. I mean, yes, they could have maybe put a painted glass or two with the scaffold bump, but there was one painted glass that broke before the match. So that took a bit of time to clean up and all. But they really made the most out of it. And, it, and Masha and Rena, they stepped up to the plate. And then, of course, the inevitable happened. Some of us called it, some of us didn't want to believe it, but as I coined him, America's Mega Chad, Blake Christian, comes in, cashes in his ring opportunity from Janela's Spring Break, cashes it in, pins Masha Slamovich to become the GCW World Champion, and 
my oh my, I didn't think that it was going to turn into Cardona-esque heat. But it did. It, Blake Christian, the heel Blake Christian, I should say, was birthed in Atlantic City. And his coronation as champ happens in Atlantic City. And this was a well-deserved run. Blake has been really one of the cornerstones of GCW. And now, I mean, he gets to hold that belt hostage probably. But the heat, the, the plastic bottles. I, I didn't throw a single thing, by the way. But let me tell you. It, just watching it all, just all this being thrown, like water spilling everywhere. I mean, this is this is the kind of heat that guys thrive for. And Blake Christian was able to, within really a month, a few, like a few, half a year, was able to own in on this humongous heel. Actually, not even six months, but more. But just able to hone in on this incredible heel run. And he's earned that belt in a way. And now is going to become the chase. Who's going to be the baby face? Who's going to be the hero that rises to the occasion and takes away Blake's moment? It's going to be real interesting these next few months for GCW. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, that was one way to end the show. I kind of said my goodbyes. Got to take photos with a lot of people. Shout out to DM Stevens, one of the lovely refs of GCW. A guy that I've really become good friends with over the past few months. Um, absolute gem. And um, as I end this kind of little travel episode from my point of view, um, some a good friend of ours, Sean Patrick O'Brien, SPO, taught us to always take the picture. And Stevens and myself remind each other to take that photo the entire weekend. And I can't tell you how much it meant. Um, both of us thinking of SBO, but also to Shiny Shoes, to Perch, to Scarlet, to Adam Gall, a great reference crew. Pizza Tie as well, first time seeing him in a while. Um, a great, great reference crew, um, but a great crew indeed. Um, it just, it, this weekend was something special. And being a part of that group photo is the biggest group photo they've ever done um, with wrestlers and fans alike. Um, Always also shout out to Paula who um kind of did all the dress coordination stuff, like getting us to wear Hawaiian shirts. Someone one of my good friends here at home decided to coin me as the Deathmatch Marlins man. If you don't know who that is, that's the guy who like travels around the country to um to really um to go to like base MLB games and sporting events. He wears like a Marlins shirt, he kind of wore the same color as him. So I've, I I find that really funny, but um, from wearing the Hawaiian to wearing our favorite deathmatch robe, and even though I wore my this is my deathmatch shirt, which you can by the way buy on deathmatch worldwide if you if you like the shirt that I wore for TOS, make sure hit up deathmatch worldwide for that one. Um, but also wore my blazer for the Hall of Fame, and um, thank you, Paul. I know um she's been having a little bit rough right now, but if she's listening to this, thank you for literally. Being like a little sister to me, um, I I don't have an actual sister, but um, just being around you, it's just like family, um, making me feel at home. I was just I'm this this Midwest transplant. Also, shout out to Grandpa Skittle. Shout out to Little Skittles. 
grandfather who um, got to ch- give some chops to Matt Cardona during COS. That was really awesome. Really fun to be with them. Um, shout out to Middens, who literally is one of the best dudes you could possibly ask for. And, of course, to literally one of my best friends in the entire freaking world, my co-host, one of the best people in this industry, Mike Servino, um, the entire Kings Road crew. Literally, we had all four of us the uh, of the crew. Actually, the entire crew was all together for COS, and really, I couldn't have been any happier to have all of us here. Um, it meant the world. So, um, really, um, that's really all I got. I mean, I went to sleep kind of early after kind of schmoozing around. Um, had to literally get up early in the morning today. I'm literally recording this the day I got home. And, um, yeah, I've been home just relaxing, kind of recuperating. My, uh, kind of hurt my feet a little bit during this. It's nothing major. It's just kind of like my shoes that I brought weren't necessarily the greatest walking shoes. So, but I'm okay. Um, and it just, it was really awesome just to be at TOS weekend again. It's my third year in a row, but this is the best weekend I've had of the three that I've done. Um, also shout out to Matt Emerson and his buddy, Mike, who I was with last year. We all met up at the seed brewery over down the street from the showboat. And, um, they got me some free birth, pre birthday beers. um, so thank you to them, and thank you to everyone who either bought me a drink, took a photo. Um, shout out to one listener, Wayne, who, um, funny enough, I didn't realize it was him, but I took the photo with him because he, he saw me, and I, he didn't say anything at first, but um, we took the photo, and then he put the tweet out about me, and I was like, oh, put one and one together. Um but really, it was just so awesome to meet fans around the country. Um, shout out to Tommy Gormley, who's been a longtime listener, for wearing the OG Your Dose of Death shirt that Sunday um, at, C- at COS. Um, really, it was a nice surprise. Um, yeah, it's just... Um, I-, I said it to someone before, but... Without the podcast, I wouldn't be able to do the opportunities that I have. I mean, to put myself out there. And um, someone asked me when I was just hanging out with them, like, why do you stick your neck out for deathmatch wrestling? And I kind of want to end on this note. Um, I stick it out because you never know the opportunities you're going to get. You never know what you're going to be able to do, what you're not going to be able to do. Um, you can only control what you do. and um, that really was really this weekend. Um, I have some big stuff lined up. Um, aside from this, the there's someone out there I can't discuss who just yet, but um, someone wants to come on. And if you know who I'm talking about, this is a really big deal. Um, not just for deathmatch wrestling, but just in general. So, um, get ready for that. I can promise you um, when I tell you who this person is and when they come on, you're going to very well know who it is, and it's going to be really special. Um, Of course, though, as well, I mean, this literally comes the week before my birthday. Um, Of course, as well, literally the week after my birthday, I'm going to be at NHB Chicago for both nights. Feel free to say hi. I am literally missing AEW for those shows. So... Um, 
just come and say hi to me if you're coming out. And then, of course, um, yeah, that's really my June. So, but TOS, COS was a, a, a real special time. Thank you to every single one of you for making this so damn special. It, it means the absolute world. I'm trying not to, um, not trying not to shed a tear or two, but um, you guys make me feel at home. Atlantic City has my heart once a year in that very first weekend in June, and I'll keep coming back till I can't come back. I can guarantee you that. Um, I love coming out for that show and I love getting to see all of you to meet all of you to talk to you just be around you guys as much as the wrestling rules being around the fans being around new friends and being around all these people makes it so much better so if you've never been if you want to take that trip to Atlantic City do it trust me sometimes you just gotta as I said earlier stick your neck out make that trip don't regret it you you won't regret it, I should say. But trust me, guys. Um, that's really the best way to end this. Thank you guys for listening to this. Um, me and Mike will be back together soon. I can promise you. I know he's been having a little rough and um, just getting through all this and doing stuff on the side. It's it's not easy to come on consistently, but that's okay. He is still my co-host. He is not going anywhere. Um, but I can guarantee you, the next guest that we have on is going to be a really, really big one. So stay tuned, guys. Thank you for listening to this little travel slash summary review episode of the TOSCOS Weekend from Your Dose of Death podcast. has been a count out podcast. Ring Post Radio is the only show hosted by Ryan Knightsey and Scotty Edwards that talks about the entire world of professional wrestling. With new episodes coming out every Sunday, there is absolutely no reason to not listen to real, honest wrestling opinions from two crazy maniacs. Have a hot boy summer and listen along to Ring Post Radio every Sunday on the Count Out Network.